Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcoming to the show, former Wofford Terrier and current professional basketball player, Fletcher McGee. Fletcher, um, I'm going to leave it at that only because I, I was a little too nervous to pronounce the name of your current team. Do you want to help me with that? Oh, I'm still working on that. It's uh, Monbus Obradorio. It's a team in Spain. For those who aren't familiar with the ACB League, this is a league that has Real Madrid and Barcelona. Is there anybody else that they would probably be familiar with, or are those kind of the big names? Those are the two biggest names. Maybe um, Valencia or, and Basconia are two of the other, oh, yeah. two of the other high up teams sure. there. So there's there's a lot of NBA or former NBA players in the league. How has the adjustment been? Maybe not just with basketball, but just living in a different part of the world. Yeah, there's definitely been a big adjustment. Um, basketball wise, the game is um, is a lot more physical. Like the defense can grab you more. You can kind of push off more. So um, that was an adjustment. And then the game is more, um, I would say, like cerebral than in the states. Like there's a lot of tactics and strategies and plays and stuff. So those are kind of the two um, biggest adjustments on the court. And then off the court, just living in a completely different culture has been um, different, but I've, I've kind of adjusted to it pretty well and, and I'm starting to like it. Um, there's really like the roads are smaller and like people will like walk out in front of you in the streets and stuff like a lot more commonly um, and just like expect you to stop for them and stuff. But um, like the food here is really good. And there's definitely like a lot of really good things about the culture. We were talking beforehand and I, I wasn't familiar with this, but you only play one game a week and then the preparation yeah. in between is a little bit longer. You, you kind of want to talk about some of the stuff we were talking about, just how that the flow of yeah. that and kind of trying to adjust to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we play one game a week and then like a lot of the other teams in the league, they play two or three games a league a week because they're in, the Spanish league and separate European leagues. But our team is only in the Spanish league. So we play every weekend. So it either be Saturday or Sunday. Um, so we get really prepared throughout the week for the game, um, you know, knowing how to attack the defense that we're, that we think we're going to face, um, loading up for, you know, what the other teams are going to do. But um, like I said to you, it, it is tough when you have one game a week and you have a bad game or, you maybe you have a really good game and you want to keep it rolling, keep it going again soon. Um, so it's kind of a little bit harder to to get in a flow and to get into a rhythm. But I think um, I've started to adjust to it. How are the practices? Are they more physical since you have a longer period of time in between, or how do they prepare you for a game? For me, it was, it's like in between a preseason practice in college and a in season practice in college. Like there's. Um, you still get after it probably more than than what we did in college, like towards the end of the season. But a lot of it is is tactical too. So like we we will run like we'll like know how the other team plays defense, and we'll 
play all of our ball screens that way or all of our pin downs that way just so we can get a feel and know what we're going to face in the game. So I think it really does prepare you well and you really um, know what you're going to face. Now, I saw recently you guys had a game, it was about two or three weeks ago, I think it was, where you hit like 19 threes. I watched oh, yes. a few of the highlights of, of that game and then some of the other games that you played. And it seems like you somewhat similarly get the kinds of shots that you got maybe at, at Wofford. There were some catch and shoots coming off yeah, and downs, yeah, off elevators, coming off ball screens. Do you feel like there's any difference between this year and last yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely differences, but I feel like this is a really good fit for me, this team, because they're known in the league as, like, the team that runs, like, the most uh, pin downs and, like, off-ball off screens, so, like, flares, hmm. elevators, like, stuff that you were saying. So we have, like, a lot of different actions where we have multiple guys on our team um, coming off of screens to, to catch and shoot. And um, we have we actually have like a lot of good plays and stuff to to free us up. So that was one of the games where we were hitting them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely have a lot of talented shooters on the team too, and um, have some good actions to to get us shots. One of the things that always amazed me when when you shot was something that I saw in those seven shots from that game I just referred to. You know, whether it was like a catch and shoot or off the dribble, you, you know, going to your right, going to your left it's pretty much the same, same end result. Uh, and a, a lot of guys, when they shoot, you know, they're only able to do like one or two of those things. Well, uh-huh. did that, does that, did you add different types of shots over time or did you practice all of those, you know, yeah. from the very beginning? No, that's a good question. I actually, I completely added them over time. So like I'd redeveloped my shot when I was in ninth grade in high school and I, be, I became like a really good set shooter. And then my like sophomore junior year, I wanted to be able to get my shot off better as I was like becoming more of like the main guy on the high school team. So I knew I had to either jump or get it off quicker. So I started to shoot more jump shots. And then um, I started kind of pulling like deeper shots and stuff in high school. And then before I went to Wofford, I, I saw that Wofford ran a lot of pin downs and a lot of like 45 degree pin downs and screens and stuff so I started to work on adding those types of shots and then you know being able to come off to your right come off to your left and then if you're going right kind of not squaring up and shielding your body to the defender and then like if you're going left kind of drifting away from the defender more I just kind of started to add those things as I became as I be uh, started to get familiar with shooting off those types of actions and so you know I'm looking I'm trying to, you know, develop my shot and continue to find new ways to be able to get, you know, high difficulty shots off. I was just talking to a friend about this and you mentioned like the distance at which a lot of guys are shooting now and for you adding that over time. But we're talking about like three or four steps behind the three point line and you guys are, you know, at the FIBA line and I saw you shooting some of those shots like three or four steps behind that line. Do you consciously change anything in your mechanics when you get out to those different out, out to those distances, or is it pretty much the same? I don't change anything in, in my mechanics, but I know that I need to use more legs. So I might not jump higher, but I kind of drive my legs into the ground really quick so I can get as much force from my legs as I can. So like for me in my shot, like I like to use as much legs as possible. So like my wrist flick or like how hard I shoot it. I want it to be like 
as similar as I can throughout, no matter where I am. So just like the farther and farther, the more legs I try to put into. You're sometimes twisting and turning all over the place from your waist down, but it looks like from about chest and shoulders up, it's pretty much the same shot. Is that key for you? Are you thinking about that each time? Actually, I developed it by by not thinking about it at all. And then as I began to like do it more and more, I started to maybe think about it a little bit. But what I try to do either way is is get my shoulders and elbow to the rim at the release point. So if you jump maybe not squared going to your right and, and kind of trying to turn in the air or vice versa, as long as I can get to the same point in my shot where I release the ball, like on a regular catch and shoot, then I can try to make that shot, you know, as much of a regular catch and shoot as you can. So like maybe if you're if your feet aren't set or if you're turning or fading away from the defense, but if you get your you know your elbow locked into the same position that you shoot a regular shot in, you can you know try to make that shot as much as you would make just a regular shot. A quick timeout podcast is brought to you by 323 Sports. If you're looking for a team dealer with great prices, top of the line apparel, and second to none customer service, then 323 Sports has to be your choice. 323 Sports will do it right for you and your sports program. Visit 323sports.com or contact sales at 323sports.com to get in contact with a team rep today. I'm guessing at some point during your career, you've encountered some sort of like shooting slump. Is there anything that you do when you you feel like you're in one of those slumps that kind of gets you back on? Um, yeah, I've, I've really thought about slumps and stuff and how to get out of them. I mean, I always continue to shoot, of course. Like I try to, you know, shoot my way out of it. And that comes in my practice routine. So I'm still doing, you know, the same shooting routines um, and same shooting like the same shots in the games. But I think it's just mental. Like I always tell myself, I know how good of a shooter I am. So if I'm shooting 30% or whatever over the last 10 games, like I know that water is going to find its level and that the next 10 games at some point I'll shoot 50%. So like I just know I you have to – continue to be confident in your shot and continue to trust the work and the preparation that you do. And then you just have to know that at some point it's, it's all going to balance out for you if you continue to believe in your shot. But if you start to feel like, Oh, I'm in a slump, uh, I don't start to doubt yourself. I feel like that's how the slump continues to linger and linger. And then it doesn't really balance out. But like I said, when you, just tell yourself that you're going to continue to, to put the work in and, and believe in your shot. I think it always balances itself out. Talking about that work, March Madness is coming upon us. And every few years we get somebody like yourself who, I mean, is just an incredible shooter and kids see that and they want to be that kind of shooter. But realistically speaking, to get to the level that you're at, what are we talking about with as shots made, shots taken on a daily basis? What does the work look like when nobody's watching? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the most important part with, without a doubt. I think as you're building as you're building a shot for the young for the young guys out there, maybe the middle schoolers, high schoolers for building a shot, I think you you do need an incredible amount of reps. I would say try to get up 3 to 500 shots a day. Um but for those that have already become an established shooter, I think the main key is to just to get your baseline. So I think I shoot about 50 catch and shoots and then I try to shoot like 
30 or 40 off screens and 30 or 40 off the dribble, you know, mid range, do some floaters, do some layups. Um, so I, I think I'm, I would, I make about 150 to 200 shots probably a day now, um, throughout, throughout college. But I think the, the importance of that is going game speed on your off the move shots and off the dribble shots and, um, making sure that like, you're not just in the gym getting your shots up so you can check off, oh, I got, I got my shots up today. You know, it's about coming off of a, the, an action that you're going to do in the game. If you, if you come off, if you have a, like for me at Wofford, we had certain plays that, I, that we would run for me. So I would shoot all those actions. I would make 10 of those actions. Um, and so I would get game like shots every time. And I was going game speed every time and just imagining defenders on me, um, maybe leaning forward or leaning back or et cetera. Um, and I think that that really translated to game results is about as good as anything that you can do out there. How long does one of those sessions last? Um, I think it's, well, if you have a rebounder, it's clutch. I think with a rebounder outside of practice, probably hour, hour 15, maybe. Without a rebounder, it might take you almost two hours. But, you know, if you... If you're willing, if you want to be great, you know, you definitely have to make sacrifices. But I, I think that it, you can you can do it in a, in a fairly reasonable time, especially if you have a coach or a manager or a friend who's who's going to help you. You can just, you know, knock it out in an hour every day and, you know, keep your legs decently fresh and, you know, get all those game shots up. How much does the fitness level play into it? Because, I mean, you watch a guy like yourself or – you know, J.J. Redick, for us older guys, we're watching guys like Reggie Miller, and they're constantly moving. And, you know, you 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 know, you know play the length of a game, and you play in those last five or ten minutes, and that's when guys' legs are shot and their shots are, you know, nowhere near. But there were times during the, during the, the tournament last year, and then I also watched you in the conference tournament, where like, you were getting better as the game went on and the longer it went. In season, I think – it's a little bit difficult to balance out your practice load and your physical load as far as not doing too much to where your legs are dead and tired, but doing enough extra work to where you're getting a little bit of extra conditioning. So I think I would, in my shooting workouts, I would try to tire, get myself to a state where like I felt like I had been running up and down in a game. And so I would be coming off of like, I'll give you like a drill that me and my teammate did. Like one of us would rebound and we would run from, from one wing under the hoop to the other wing, under the hoop to the other wing. And we would just go till we made 10 straight. So we would be running full speed and it would simulate like a 45 degree pin down. And you'd have to make 10, not 10 straight. You'd have to make 10 shots. And so you would get super tired and you would be running off of a game like screening action and you would have to make shots. So if you weren't making shots, you would just keep running. So I think that it really helps your conditioning and helps you shooting when you're tired. So, like, you know, there's a difference between just running sprints and getting tired, which is going to help your conditioning for sure. But if you're not shooting and you're not doing game-like actions and stuff while you're tired, I don't think that it's going to maybe transfer quite as well. So you've given us some important things to keep in mind for those who are wanting to improve, but maybe for a coach who's training a kid to become a better shooter, you know, what are the Fletcher McGee basics to being a great shooter? I think it's simple. Um, I think that you need to 
use your I think a lot of legs is required in your shot, whether you jump or don't jump. Like if you look at someone like Steph Curry, he doesn't really jump very high, but he gets a lot of his power from his legs. If you look at someone like a JJ Redick, Ray Allen, someone that does jump very high, you know, they get a lot of power from their legs too. And then the other thing is just having like one flow of, of energy throughout the shot. So like pretty much not a hitch, just a simple constant flow of motion throughout the shot. Um, so I think, you know, just using your legs and having a, having fluidity are the two basic uh, shooting fundamentals. And then, like I said earlier, the most important thing is just grooving your shot. And no matter what kind of shot you shoot, if you jump, if you don't jump, just grooving your shot and then knowing what shots that you're going to shoot in games and practicing those. And I think that, you know, those are kind of the things that, can de- that you can do to develop kids to be great shooters. Good stuff. So long range goals for you, you working to, you trying to get back over here to the league or you wanting to stay overseas or play a little while and then coach? Yeah, um, definitely. My goals, my goals always has been to play in the NBA. So um, that's my goal. Um, maybe come back over the summer and do really well in summer league. And then maybe if it doesn't work out this year, trying to, you know, come back to Europe and moving up a little bit in Europe and um, getting, you know, maybe some more attention to try to come back to the league. But I definitely, my goal has always been to play in the NBA and then play basketball for as long as I can and then get into coaching. So, you know, however, you know, however the path takes me, it's a little bit out of my control. You know, I know that I can just work as hard as I can and, you know, believe in myself and hope that um, it'll all work out. For somebody that works as hard as you do, it will come. And, and uh, you know, it was a pleasure coaching against you. If your name ever comes up in conversation when, when I'm around, I, I like to make it a point that uh, we only held you to 23 points. Of course, I leave out the part about you only playing less than half the game, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I figure they don't need to know any of, the, any of that. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Just say the first part. So all, all the best <laughs> to you there. And, uh, again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Awesome. Okay, thank you for having me. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.